to begin. Simply be aware of the aliveness of your body, the mystery. This morning, we will explore some of the elemental ingredients, some of the causes and conditions that went into creating this living being. For a few moments, just rub your upper and lower teeth together and feel the hardness, the enamel, the bone. And sense that great bone of skull. Holding your face in place. And sense that opening at the back of the skull and the spine going down. Maybe move your arms a little bit in their sockets and your legs. Feeling that whole skeletal shape. These bones are made of calcium, carbon, phosphorus, silicates. Essentially the clay of earth. Mysteriously formed into this shape. These bones made out of elements formed in the explosion of 
supernova and early history of the universe finding their way inside your body Thich Han said once I was a cloud once I was a rock this is not poetry this is science The bones, the elemental structure, the earth element within us. And the water element. the great transporter the great dissolver you can feel the water element in the moisture of your mouth around the mucous membranes or place your hand on your wrist or on the artery in your neck you can feel the continual flow continual wave of liquid moving through you where you can place your hand on your stomach feel that great bowl of liquid food being digested, nutrients being extracted, we are 75% liquid and most of that liquid has the chemical consistencies of the ocean. We sweat and cry seawater. Earth element, water element,
Become aware of the warmth of your body. This warmth created by the fire of the sun. Transformed through the plant kingdom, through photosynthesis, through metabolism, through these amazing processes into your living energy burning inside of you. Feel the heat radiating around the surface of your skin. Life is warm. fire, air, if you pay very careful attention you might feel the subtlest touch of air on the surface of your skin. We are seated in an atmosphere. Some say we are inside Mother Earth because the atmosphere is her outer skin. each breath we take the atmosphere in, both inside and outside, the air element,
with each breath exchanging nutrient with the plants. Carried on the air element, within the air element, Earth, water, fire, air. Necessary for all of them to come together in just the right way and just the right proportions. create you and this moment of experience. Of course, this phenomena had to take place somewhere. And it is taking place in what is sometimes referred to as the fifth element in space. We are now all riding on this rock through vast, vast, unimaginable distances of space. Let your mind open Let any borders of awareness dissolve Using sounds, if that's useful, letting the borders of awareness move out to the farthest sounds you can hear and then dissolve, 
creating a great sky of mind. Feel this being seated here in the midst of this vast space composed of earth, air, fire, water. Riding through the universe.
If you get lost or confused in meditation, you can always come back to the refuge of breath, the anchor. Simply begin again with this breath, bringing you into this moment.
We have some time now for uh, some discussion. First, I want to tell you two things. And I'll remind you again at the end of the sitting and at the end of the morning. Um, this afternoon, we're meeting at 2 p.m. because we have uh, closing announcements and stuff of business later in the afternoon. So we want to start early enough to do some uh, activities. So 2 p.m. this afternoon instead of 2.30 and also, we were so taken by the haiku last night, the wonderful haiku, that uh, I've put out three stacks of paper out there on the, on the uh, table. Would those of you who read your haiku just go and, and write it down, and then maybe we'll have somebody enter it all, and we will, it will live on. Posterity will enjoy your haiku. Uh, is anybody is anybody willing to enter it? And then uh, okay, excellent. Um, yes, and I also wanted to uh, offer this. As long as we were considering what's inside of us, what what it took to make us who we are. So many, so many streams of causes and conditions. It's really, the Buddha said, you can't unravel your karma. It's one of the imponderables. There's just too many circumstances and events. And I mean, what? Sugar and spice and Uh, <laughs> I learned that very early. <laughs> Puppy dog tails and what but what else? Rats and snails. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a pro. Well, let me tell you. Let me just tell you. There is a wolf in me. Fangs pointed for tearing gashes, a red tongue for raw meat, and the hot lapping of blood. I keep the wolf because the wilderness gave it to me, and the wilderness will not let it go. There's a fox in me, a silver gray fox. I sniff and guess. I pick things out of the wind and air. I nose in the dark night. I circle a loop and double cross. There's a hog in me. A snout and a belly, machinery for eating and grunting, machinery for sleeping satisfied in the sun. I got this too from the wilderness, and the wilderness will not let it go. There's a fish in me. I scurried with shoals of herring. I blew water spouts with porpoises before land was, before the water went down. There's a baboon in me, clamoring, clawed, dog-faced, yawping a galoot hunger, hairy under the armpits, ready to snarl, ready to sing and give milk, waiting, I keep the baboon, because the wilderness says so. There is an eagle in me and a mockingbird, and the eagle flies among the rocky mountains of my dreams and fights along the Sierra crags of what I want, and the mockingbird warbles in the early forenoon before the dew is gone, Warbles in the underbrush of my Chattanoogas of hope. Gushes over the blue Ozark foothills of my wishes. I got the eagle and the mockingbird from the wilderness. I got a zoo. 
I got a menagerie inside my ribs, under my bony head, under my red valve heart, and I got something else. It is a man-child heart and a woman-child heart. It is a father and mother and lover. It came from God knows where. It's going to God knows where. Sometimes I am the keeper of the zoo and say yes and no. But I sing and I work. I'm a pal of the world. I came from the wilderness. Carl Sandburg. Oh, I want that for the council of all Absolutely. Yeah, you wouldn't think Carl Sandburg, you know, the Chicago, the hog butcher of the world, but he, he has the hog in him. <laughs> so, questions, issues, comments. Yes, uh, we need a runner. Do we need a Is any question open for discussion? <laughs> this is any a, question that we can answer. Well, here it goes. This is a <laughs> no, daily no, living. Even if we can't, yeah. Well, I hope you can. This is a daily living kind of question. And before I came here, I did something that I don't think I've done in maybe ever. I don't know. I just com- got completely unglued. I just fell apart in a way that just shocked me. I was sitting on top of my head thinking, who are you? And it all had to do with <laughs> <clears throat> that great evil dark forest otherwise known as AT&T. <laughs> and it went on for two weeks. Every single day there was a problem. I was on the telephone endlessly listening to the, you know, the robotic voices, dealing with different people going here and there over two weeks. And towards the end of it, I just lost it, just lost it. And I was yelling at them, which it's not how I see myself. Apparently, (laughs) there is a wolf in there. And I didn't say ugly things, but I was loud and angry. And anyway, it was far worse for me, I think, than it was for them because they could just hang up the phone and they were through with it. But I had the burning stone in my gut. And so my question is, I tried to put my my practice, I tried but I was overwhelmed. I was just overcome with, I guess, rage. <laughs> this is a common experience. Did you know <laughs> everybody has this? Everybody's had this with that particular company, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on your reaction is not unusual at all. Well, I was crying. What, yes, you know, I don't we, even remember cried, doing yes, that. We've all cried, we've all shouted, <laughs> screamed at them, yes. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I feel better already. <laughs> Any thoughts about roping yourself in 
And getting your practice back to stabilize yourself, I gratefully accepted. <laughs> I think we could have a truth mandala just for AT&T and PG&E and Verizon. <laughs> yes, and Comcast. Isn't it? I mean, don't you long for the day when you actually called up a company and talked to somebody? You know, and didn't get these these voicemail things. Oh, well, it's just the modern world. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> I just had a thought that you could put up over the phone one of these wonderful portrayals of the wrathful deities from, say, Tibet with the fangs, and the, and you could just talk on the phone and that. So it's not all in here. Yeah. It'll be there in front of you and you can feel. Know that at the heart of it all is your uh, celestial <laughs> or sky of mind. Somewhere in there is a sky of mind. <laughs> well, briefly in response to that, I used to have working assets as my phone carrier and they did social justice work. I don't know if they're still in existence or if they have internet yes. connection. They, they are still in existence. They're now Credo. Credo. And are they cost-effective compared to AT&T? Well, close? If you want to save the world and talk on the phone, yeah. All right. Well, maybe they have nicer human beings there. Anyway, my question is about karma and Buddhist psychology. Did the Buddhists say that wolves and baboons and trees and flowers also had karma or just human beings? I, I, don't, uh, I don't know of any reference of him saying that there, were, there was karma in other beings, although... The Buddha, as a bodhisattva, before he became the Buddha, there are tales of him being an animal and, you know, doing virtuous deeds, and that was how he kind of got to be human and then became the Buddha. So in that sense, uh, you know, I guess, uh, but those are, those are folk tales. Those are, uh, you know, apocrypha or whatever you want to call it, but. So the orthodox view is more that it's just in the human realm that you can change the karma, that you've got self-reflexive consciousness that right. can choose. But in the popular folk, uh, the Buddha in all his earlier incarnations has uh, practiced compassion as a rabbit and a snake and a tiger. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's multi-layered. Pick, take your pick. But that, that's a good question, and, and I think that's, I mean, that's why he says it's so precious to be born a human, because you can see all the force of the karma leading up to this moment, and you can choose to break it, because you can see it. If you, de- if you can't see it, you don't even know you're not free. And once you see the knots, you can begin to untie them. You know, it's, it's like the beginning of that, you know, cracking open that, that mystery of, of, of those forces. 
I also want to first reply to the AT&T thing. I was thinking maybe we could think of it as an agent of the great unraveling because it's helping us all wake up to the fact that this isn't working when we lose it. Um, Wes, yesterday you said something that I that kind of has stayed with me about the thinking mind as an evolutionary continuation of the survival, the, the gift to survive. <clears throat> and it just took me farther into putting it in perspective, putting thinking in perspective. But then it brought me to that mysterious place where you just mentioned self-reflexive consciousness, Joanna. And the mysterious place where, I don't know, it's both um, a skill for, uh, a capacity for continuing survival and also this amazing leap for self-reflexive consciousness. And I don't know if there's more... And that the... um, This, to me, is one of the most fascinating things. Uh, And I've written about that both in World is Lover, World is Self. There's a chapter on karma where I bring the systems thinking scientists together with the Lord Buddha's teaching about karma. And they dramatize, highlight for each other that... uh, this self-reflexive consciousness is actually what it is, in essence, is the capacity to choose. Because as we developed, as we evolved, uh, the, uh, our uh, neural capacity grew so complex that we couldn't s- survive any longer just by trial and error. So uh, you have to sort of think instead of just walking one way and walking off a cliff and then trying it again. You keep falling off the cliff. Uh, and then finally you turn. It's easier to just think, I'll go that way and fall off a cliff, but I could do this and I could do that. And you bring into your mind the various alternative routes you can take. And it's just almost as if you were standing on a little stepladder or something to look at the different possibilities and choose one. And this was gradual and epical at the same time so that in I see the essence of the self-reflexive mind as that being able to choose so when I hear uh, Wes talking about the how the mind rattles on um, yeah it's been doing that for a long time and we can then choose to uh, put our attention somewhere else so it's the, we can choose to uh, not stop the mind rattling on, but place it where we don't hear it. <laughs> or, uh, there's so many metaphors, I just love that, letting it right. dissolve. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's great. Uh, and part of being able to see it as a survival tool is helping you to be free enough from it to make a choice. When you see it as you know archetypal, it's no longer so personal. It doesn't drag you right into its you know its vortex of feeling or, or 
decision making and you actually have some space to make a choice. It's so beautiful. It's just what you were doing when you were talking about being on the phone for two weeks with AT&T. It was very beautiful because you're, you're distancing yourself from that. You're viewing it as a phenomenon. Now you've heard it's a phenomenon that is shared by everyone in this room practically. That, that makes all the difference. Right. And you can still sit there and fume, but you just say, you know, everybody's doing this, you know. <laughs> makes you feel not so alone. This has appeared in my hand. Uh, Joanna, I have an activism question. Is it better now or later? Talking to the I have an activism question. Is it better now or later? A what kind of question? About activism. Oh. Well, how are we doing on time? It's a a Wisconsin pronunciation of activism. (laughs) Oh, well, we can't help it. My hearing's funny, so if you think of it as a baby bottle and talk into the air. Okay. What I want to ask about is that uh, I've been an activist in my, whatever you want to call it, spare time, uh, (laughs) for a long time, and most of my life as an activist, I've been doing things that are kind of long-term goals and working with other people and we plan events and we put on conferences and we do press conferences and we do public education campaigns, yada, yada, yada. But this Wisconsin thing is something that goes on all the time and it's sort of like having a very sick relative and the fever goes up and down or whatever it is and so you're in a constant state of being tuned into exactly what is happening and figuring out what you need to do. And with that goes a tremendous amount of anxiety, uh, much more than the things I've done before. And I, it, it really is a struggle not to keep doing what I'm doing, but not to be all strung out all the time and... I see you nodding, another Wisconsin person, uh, waking up at 3 in the morning and not being able to sleep for a few hours. I do try to not look at information after supper uh, to help me sleep, but I wonder if you have either practical suggestions or suggestions of using my practice not to be so... I'll read about, you know, something that the governor is about to do or something that somebody just said or, you know, that the recalls are either going well today or badly or whatever. And depending on that, I'm feeling like, okay, or I'm feeling terrified and I don't know what to do about this. I know exactly because I feel this all the time. So uh, what helps me is... um, We are in the midst of a shift, uh, you know, that third dimension of the, the sh- of the great turning, the shift in consciousness. It's not just uh, thinking lovely thoughts or meditating deep meditations, but it's actually, I believe, a shift from the locus of your identity, from the uh, separate individual to the larger uh, 
body of which we are a part. And we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. We're feeling it in our meditation. I think this is an evolutionary leap, development. And um, it's particularly painful now to be conscious of what's happening in the world because it's just hitting us from every side. More than you can possibly, if you were 150% of your time working to respond, you can't put out all the fires. You can't handle them all. And so on the one hand, the uh, realization that we are in an interdependent uh, web of interexistence, uh, that uh, life is responding to this uh, through countless, or like a neuron in a neural net. And you, uh, just the way we uh, can't even deal with the grief, can't hold it all by ourselves. We need something like the truth mandala, just to know we're not crazy. As a matter of fact, that's the name of a book of mine that's with it. I'm right, co-writing called How to Face the Mess We're In Without Going Crazy. <laughs> so when you think that it's up to you to hold it all and respond, uh, that's a recipe for going crazy very fast and then or shutting down or panicking and deciding that the blame or the queers or the Jews or the blacks or the homo, you know, that kind of craziness that's abroad so much in our country now. So that I, uh, there's oh, one thing that helps, I was thinking, I was trying two, but maybe it's just one, is to uh, take refuge in the fact that uh, we are growing a more and more a collective response. And that when you, like for example, I was going crazy this week learning about smart meters. My plate is so full, I can't handle going out and organizing my neighbors. And I heard, you know, there's this great interview on Amy Goodman about the civil disobedience is the only way to go. And I thought, oh, shit. I don't have time. So um, you can develop, or at least for me, I develop a gratitude. I go back to gratitude and I think, Oh, I'm so grateful for all the people who are concerned. Bless them, bless them. They'll be my arms and legs on that issue. Uh, I am so uh, grateful for the uh, uh, people in Madison and your state for what they're doing. Uh, you're doing that for all of us. Uh, I'm working really hard on radioactive waste. So you don't need to do it all. I, I'll, you know, not that I'll handle it, but mm-hmm. this, as we become like one body, one mind, highly differentiated, but feeling the uh, energies of our interconnectedness and working together, uh, we can relieve ourselves of feeling we have to do it all. And turning that sense of uh, overwhelm to um, tenderness for yourself and appreciation for all the others. Am I making any sense? Yes. Yes.
you so much for that. Um, one image that's helped me is the net, the Indra's net of um, bodhisattvas. And what I came to realize is that in a net, um, one node affects everybody else. And if I'm up and down and... and <laughs> then everybody around me is affected by that. But if I can stay stable and deepen my practice, I can be a factor for stability. And so it's about exactly self-care. And, and one of the questions I ask myself when I get, <laughs> like um, with AT&T or anything else, is what am I attached to here? Why, you know, is it that other people are going to think I'm not doing enough or I'm lonely or, you know, I have to do it by such and such a date. What is the, what's the, the drive that's pushing me and then maybe I can let go of that particular piece of it and take a breath and find some stability and some peace because Buddha said, I don't have to suffer. So if I'm suffering, I can find something I can let go of. Thank you. It's 10 o'clock now. Yeah, we have time for maybe one more. Um, So I would like to kind of comment slash question this. Although I love this, Joanna. I I really, uh, I like how simplified and and visual the lenses all are. And Wes, I'm glad you mentioned socialism because I have a big block with it. Many blocks. Um... (laughs) I think in, uh, my initial one is about um, the industrial growth society as capitalism co-opting all of those lenses and um, making it such that uh, the great turning isn't really possible without breaking out of that economic structure and like that all of these lenses um, are dependent on something outside of capitalism and Beyond that, also just, you know, all the things that uphold capitalism, heterosexism, patriarchy, white supremacy, all those things. And I, th- I thought of, um, when you were doing, when you were drawing these lenses, uh, this poem that this, uh, this youth poet, this line that stuck out for me was, uh, how do you, and not that I think recycling is the end-all be-all of the great turning, but, um, <laughs> How do you teach it, or how do you expect a child to recycle who's raised to feel disposable? And because so many of, um, I think so many people feel that way. And yesterday when I was in that circle, I was the future, but I kept wanting to be the present just so that I could ask the future um, who survived. And um, as a trans and queer person, you know, did my people survived and my trans sisters, brothers and others survived did the um, the poor nations of color survive the first to go that are going right now um, you know I hate to say that but who's the front line of this and then how do those lenses become a privilege um, in in the structures that we have to work with right now so I just I just want to like push it more and say that the great turning it's it's just <laughs> it's more than these lenses because these lenses feel like 
they're they're so hard to reach too by for some people um, because it is it's like this privilege to be able to say oh there's a future worth having holding actions for or making new structures uh, you know voluntary simplicity implies that there's something to give up or um, a shift in consciousness means that you have time to develop a consciousness or whatever so that's my big criticism I guess <laughs> uh, each of these sort of dimensions of the great turning as as that what's your name Adam as I see it Adam is that uh, these are pulling the rug out from under uh, late capitalism or the industrial growth society. One is actually being much more in an adversarial position uh, though, or working within the system to pass laws to slow down the destruction. But <clears throat> I suppose there are a lot of efforts there that uh, they're being greenwashed. I've been reading how um, corporations are, have done quite a job with organic foods and so forth. So it's not easy, but uh, maybe that's why you need this shift in consciousness. And the pain of it, where the wisdom is, I think, is coming precisely from the uh, people who've been uh, oppressed and marginalized. It's the oppressed and marginalized in any system that know it the best and uh, can uh, see most clearly uh, how dysfunctional it is. It's that dawning of how it is constantly shooting itself in the foot, how it is suicidal in, in its domination. Or is it how it's not working, that uh, where freedom is. So, yes, I suppose there are parts, you know, what we think of as, as the great turning that are uh, self-delusional, they're thinking we're doing something new and we're still colonized, the colonized mind. And maybe that's what uh, you, honey, were, were thinking it wasn't radical enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want to say any more, but I'll make that point and let us move on. Thank you so much. I don't know if this helps answer your question, but Abby Hoffman the great Yippie, uh, said, all isms should be wasms. <laughs> so let's take a seven-minute break. <laughs> trying to just make sure that it's just, you know, a, a short break and uh, bring your, push your uh, Zafus and Zabutans aside Bring your yoga mats out, and we'll move. Let's do some moving. Lie down on your back.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.